John chapter 8, we're going to be looking at. So we're in this series, if you remember, we're in a series uh, on, on Wednesday nights, uh, um, and we've been talking about positive identification, um, and it's all about making a positive identification on Jesus Christ. And he did this himself by uh, uh, many statements, uh, starting with, I am. He said many statements talking about I am. We began with when he said, before Abraham was, I am. Identifying himself with the eternal God. Identifying himself as God in the flesh. And we've said over these next couple of weeks, we're going to continue to look at the statements of Jesus Christ. Because when we can make a positive identification of Jesus Christ, it gives us a revelation of exactly who we are serving. And we want to serve him all the more. So last week we looked at, I am the bread of life where we understood the significance of bread and what Jesus Christ was saying to the people and to us today when he said, I am the bread of life. Basically saying, I am the one that sustains life. I am the one that gives life and sustains it. We spoke about that last week. Well, this week we're going to be talking about when Jesus talks about him saying, I am the light of the world. And it's important that we're going through this because, like I said, we need to understand or put a positive ID on Jesus Christ. You know, when Thomas saw Jesus uh, when he was raised from the dead and he came through into the room and he says, listen, put your hand here in my side, put your hand here in the holes. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Now we all know, all the Jewish people knew there is only one God. So if Jesus was not God, he would have rebuked Thomas right there saying, no, 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 I'm not God. There's only one God. But he did not rebuke him. He accepted that. Why? Because Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. There was a positive identification. Again, for people that said Jesus never said he was God. Well, right then and there, he would have rebuked him. Just like many angels of the Lord in the Bible, when, uh, when they come and it's an actual angel and somebody tries to worship them, they say, no, don't do that. I'm, I'm just an angel. But Jesus didn't do that because we know who he is. Thomas knew who he is. And we're going to look at this right now in our second or third week in the series. You know, one of the things I was thinking about when I was looking about this sermon or thinking about this sermon was the phrase, in broad daylight. In broad daylight, you see, is usually linked towards when they talk about somebody committing a crime and they say he committed that crime or she committed that crime in broad daylight. Now, the crime is bad enough, maybe a robbery or a, a, a vicious attack or a violent attack. That's bad enough. But when you add the in broad daylight, what they're saying is, is that that is brazen because usually this kind of stuff is in the cover of darkness. Because daylight or light exposes things. Light shows things what they truly are. Light has a power behind it. So when people say he did that and he did that in broad daylight, it's like brazen that you can do that for all to see. And this is what we want to look at today. When Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse number 12, it says here, follow along when we read one verse of scripture. It says, then Jesus spoke to them again saying it. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. 
And I love that verse because it's pretty simple that what Jesus is saying here. It is plain to see what he's saying to the people he was speaking to and what he's saying to us also tonight. And I'll look firstly with you at an illuminated world. See, taking the chronology of this account, uh, uh, Jesus was speaking at the time of the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, this feast lasted seven days, and it was there to commemorate the children of Israel traveling through the wilderness. It was there to remember uh, there was wandering through the wilderness for 40 years. And as they did that, they had the presence of God with them every single day. In the daytime, it'll be in a cloud, but more importantly, in the nighttime, it'll be a pillar of fire. So this fire would light up the way of where they would walk or where they need to go. And the feast had many elements towards it, many symbolic elements that pointed to remembering the fire or remembering the light that God provided for them. And in the ceremony, they do lots of things, lighting candles, lighting chandeliers at the Feast of Tabernacles. So Jesus used this time or this occasion to say, listen, guys, remember that light in the wilderness, the one that provided the way, the one that showed them where to go in darkness. He said, remember that light? Well, I am the light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And we all need to understand the significance of light so we can understand what Jesus Christ was saying. Light is an enabler. It allows us to do things that we couldn't necessarily do without the light. You know, in those days, obviously, to travel was a big thing. And most people traveled by day. Obviously, because by night, they didn't have no street lights or anything like that. So to travel by night was actually very dangerous. So to travel with light now, it allows you to go a little bit further than you could have gone before. It allows us to do things. And even in this day and age, we can travel 24-7 because we've got infrastructure that has street lights or anything, any vehicle that we get into must have lights in it so we can travel in the darkness. So we are able to do things. Light is an enabler. It enables to do things that we couldn't do without it. In Matthew chapter 25, there's a parable of the wise and foolish virgins or, or, or bridesmaids, as you would have them. And in this parable, Jesus talks about a bridegroom coming to take his wife. But in those days, there was different elements of getting married. You would get engaged. You would then get betrothed. And then there could be a period of like a year or sometimes where the bridegroom would come to get his wife. And in that time, people will be waiting not necessarily knowing when it's going to happen. And the parable is all around making sure you're ready. And he talks about the, the five virgins having oil lamps uh, and five of them, or sorry, 10 virgins, five of them had a spare oil and the other five did not. So it's about getting ready, making sure you're ready all the time. But I like the fact that it's centered around light. They have the lamp in order to escort the bridegroom, the bridegroom somewhere because in the darkness, when the bridegroom come at midnight, there was no way to see except by light. I love what it says in Psalms 119, 105. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And he's saying that because without that lamp, I can't see where I'm going. The significance of light allows us to travel. Also, light allows us to work. 
Light allows us to do things because we're able to see what we're doing. Look at John chapter 9, verse number 4. It says, Jesus says, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Because nighttime is coming where no one can work. Nighttime is coming. In those days when night fell, everything ceased. In those days, you didn't work in the nighttime because you couldn't necessarily see what's going on. I mean, in this day and age, obviously, with all the infrastructure we've got, like I said, we work 24-7 round the clock because we're able to illuminate things. But light enables us to do things uh, that darkness would stop us from doing. Light enables us to travel. Light enables us to work. Light, when you think about it, enables us to live. If we did not have light, this world would be a completely different place. I want to read to you an article I found called Bleak. It says, Bleak, life without light. Listen to the words. It says, without light, life on earth would be bleak. There wouldn't be any plants, any animals or people. No fossil energy sources such as coal, oil, or natural gases would be available to generate energy. All plants would die, and eventually all animals that rely on plants for food would die, including human beings would die also. While some inventive humans might be able to survive uh, on, on a lightness, uh, sorry, without light for several days or months or years, eventually uh, life would become impossible. And I love that saying, without light, life would become impossible. So now couple that to what Jesus Christ is saying. He's saying, I am the light of the world. So in other words, this article has just proved that without Jesus Christ, life would become impossible. Without Jesus Christ lighting up or illuminating the world, there would be no way to sustain life. He is the one that sustains life. He is the one that sustains all that we do and all that we have. Without Jesus Christ, life would be impossible. I want to look secondly about uh, or uh, at the subject of no comprehension. See, light, when you speak about light, we get also then where... Uh, we understand the parable. There is an opposing of forcing or opposing of natures. There is light and there is darkness. There is good and there is evil. It's, a, it's an opposing force. However, in this scenario, in this parallel, light will always have the victory. Light will never be succumbed to darkness. Light will always have the victory. And I love this verse in John chapter 1, verse number 4 and 5. It says, in him, talking about Jesus, was life. And the life was light of men. And the light shines in darkness. And listen to this. The darkness did not comprehend it. Did not comprehend it. Now the word comprehend, it can be threefold. We can take it lightly where it says the darkness could not understand or it could not overcome. In other words, when the light came, darkness could not get the upper hand because it, could, it doesn't, doesn't know how to fight against light. It could not perceive. Darkness doesn't understand where this is coming from or the power it has. It can't quench or extinguish. Light will always outlast darkness. Have you ever heard of a situation where it's been pitch black, you turn on a light and you're not able to see it? 
You could be in the darkest of rooms. doesn't matter what you have. You can have a small candle. You can have a kid's toy with a battery-powered light or a torch. Listen, you're always going to be able to see that light in darkness. If the earth was flat, you can do calculations that you'd be able to see a candle from 30 miles away. If the earth was flat because it's curved, obviously, there'd be issues. But if it was flat, you'd be able to see it from 30 miles away because light will always have victory over darkness. And I say that because when light comes, darkness must go. And the more intense the light, the more darkness is defeated. Light is visible everywhere. And I find that interesting because Jesus also said that we are to be the light of the world. And light is visible in darkness. You know, sometimes if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you could be just minding your own business and just attention just comes to you. You could be in your workplace. People just look at you think you're better than us. You could be just walking down the street. People look at you in, in disdain. Well, why is that? It was because you're light in a darkened world. And people can just see you from a mile away. They see how you live, you're different. They see how you speak, you're different. They see how you conduct yourself because you are light in a darkened world. Light is very attractive. Light brings all sorts to it. It is attractive. It is something that we're able to uh, attract all sorts of people. When you see genuine light, you see genuine life, you can't help but be curious. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 14 to 16. Listen to this. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives its light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I love that. Your light is meant to shine. Jesus' light is meant to shine that we're able to give the Father in heaven all the glory that he deserves. And as you read the scripture about light and darkness, there is the use of personification. Jesus himself is saying, I am the light of the world. He's personifying light. Anywhere there's light, that's me. But also darkness is personified as well, where our text says darkness did not comprehend the light, giving darkness a thought pattern. And we understand that darkness is linked to Satan and all of his works. Look at Acts 26 and verse number 17. It says, I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well from the Gentiles to whom I will now send you to open their eyes in order they turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. We have to understand darkness in this world today because we are living in a darkened world. We're living in a world where darkness is trying to spread and that darkness is personified in Satan. And 2 Corinthians 6 gives us an idea on how we're meant to handle that. It says here in verse number 14, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. It says, For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? You know, what we're trying to do now in this day and age is mix dark and light. We're trying to coexist in a way where let's just make everybody happy. 
Let's just make this a nice, happy place to live. And let's just do some things. It was only this afternoon that I heard that the, uh, the, the Church of England have now made a decision that they, have a, they will bless same-sex marriages and so on. Because what they're trying to tell us is, let us make light and darkness cohabit. Let's get in a place together. And look. But my Bible just says, that what communion has light with darkness? There is none. There is no fellowship, and that's not to say that we hate people. We go out there and shout abuse. No, we're just shining our light and exposing the darkness. In our text, it says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. There shall no be communion in darkness. You shall not continue in darkness. When Jesus gets involved, you may have lived a dark life. You may have been involved in dark arts. But when Jesus Christ gets involved, the light is switched on and darkness flees. Darkness can't coexist when the true light of the world has come into existence. We need to walk away from darkness. You see, because darkness is there to hinder Darkness uh, uh, clouds vision. Darkness makes people stumble, but light illuminates. So you know exactly where you're going. You know exactly what you're doing. Light is to do with the truth. You know what I find fascinating is that we have nightclubs, but we don't really have day clubs. <laughs> because uh, we like... Uh, or well, the world, so I say, likes to have things covered in darkness. I remember a time, uh, this was PC, I remember a time pre-Christ that uh, we, uh, we, we threw a house party. Um, and, um, you know, it was in our house. we had a very, very big house and uh, many rooms and stuff like that. And there was music blaring in all sorts. I remember somebody was dancing, got a little bit crazy and, and flicked on the switch of the light. <laughs> and the light just came on. Everyone was just like, just running around like rats and saying, turn off the light, turn off the light. All people were caught in all sorts of precarious positions and so on like that. And people just switched off the light because no one wants to expose what was going on. Because that's what light does. Light exposes, light brings truth, light brings conviction, light brings conversion. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I want to look at the light of life. In our text, it says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Now I want to address the elephant in the room with this. He says the light of life. You see, because life can bring some darkness. Life can bring some times where you're going through real darkness to the point where you don't even know if you're going to make it another day. You don't know how this is going to continue on. Well, Jesus Christ says, listen, in those times of darkness, in those times where you can't see, in those times where you are perhaps stumbling, he is bringing the light of life, that in the dark places in life, he can illuminate so you can have some hope. Because dark darkness is hopelessness. 
You have no idea what's next. You have no idea where you're going. But light, oh, there is hope when you can see the next step. There is hope. You know, when they say there's light at the end of the tunnel, that's what the phrase is. There's hope because I can see the light. There's hope because Jesus Christ has given me another chance, another opportunity. There is hope because the light of life is what Jesus brings to us. Darkness is all around, but you look up and you see a light. All you've got to do is head towards the light because Jesus said he came to bring life and life more abundantly. The light of life can only be found in Jesus Christ. All else is darkness. All else is depression. All else is bondage. But Jesus Christ says, I am the light of life. You see, when you're walking in darkness, you are hazardous to yourself and to those around you. You can't see where you're going. You can stumble. You can't see other people. You can bump into them. In darkness, you are a hazard to yourself and people around you. Things are hidden. Things are lurking. But in light, you're able to guide. And the thing is, Jesus said it before in our text, that nighttime is coming. Nighttime is coming. Nighttime is coming when no one can work. So what we need to do, we need to grab the light source. Grab the light source. You know, I think I've said this before. I can't remember when I said it, but I think I have said it before. There was a time I was driving, um, and uh, in Hull, you go in towards uh, Gould or Howden and such, you can take some country roads um, before you get on the main roads. And in those country roads, there's no light source at all. Like none, no street lights, nothing like that. In the daytime, it's fine, but in the night, it is crazy. Because uh, you break down in one of those places, I don't know if anyone's ever going to find you. But to this day, I don't know why I did this, but I did this just to just see, just to see if what I was saying was correct. I was driving down a straight road. Um, and as I said to you before, as I said to you before, every vehicle you travel with must be fitted with lights that work because you need to see. So as I was driving, I looked around, no street lights, no cars behind me, no cars in front of me. I just thought, let me see if I can turn off the lights and still navigate. <laughs> so I'm driving at 60 miles an hour, and I turn off the light. I can't see a thing. Everything changed. My heart started beating fast. I started to forget, how do I turn these lights back on? I was thinking, where am I, am I going to end up in a ditch? Am I going to end up alive? I was thinking, Lord, take care of my wife and children. I've done something foolish. I'm never going to come out of this ditch. I was like, what? And I'm thinking, why did I turn off the light? Why am I trying to function in darkness? This is foolishness. And for some reason, I was fumbling around. I got the light back on and everything calmed because there was light. It's like when you're trying to function without the light of Jesus Christ. Nothing makes sense anymore. You're panicking over things that you shouldn't be panicking about. Now you're, 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 you're paranoid about who's chasing me. Bible says, come on now, let's give him praise in this place. Bible says the wicked flee when no one's chasing him because they can't see him. You're, you're trying to function in darkness. All you've got to do is take composure, flip on the light. Jesus Christ will illuminate your life and you'll be able to have peace. Can you say amen in this place? Ah, oh, one object lesson. I'll never forget that day. I went from having peace and joy to sheer panic and then peace and joy again. And the difference was light. So when Jesus Christ says, I am the light of the world, you understand why he is also named the Prince of Peace. 
Because when there's light, you just flip on the light, some kids are scared of the dark. You flip on the light, everything's cool. Because light brings with it peace. And that peace can surpass all understanding. Because you now understand that things are visible. I can be calm. I can see where I'm going. I'm going to make it home to my wife and children. Amen. (laughs) Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. It is a powerful statement that Jesus has made. So we've understood two things in these two weeks so far. Jesus Christ is the bread of life. He's the one that sustains us. He's the one that provides for us. And and now we're looking at Jesus Christ being the light of the world. He's the one that illuminates all that we do. That in him and through him we can have our being. Jesus Christ is the light. He wants to light up some dark areas in our lives tonight. Would you let him light up your life? Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place.